very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 162. I'm Johnny Hammond. And I'm Sadi Kabea. We've got a great show lined up for you this week, looking back at all WXV1 and in the company of a young Red Rose star, Maud Muir. Very, very good friend of Sadi Kabea's. Very, very good friend. <laughs> but first of all, far more importantly, Sadi, how's this week's rehab gone? Um, good, good. I started running this week. Well, I say running, plodding across the pitch, um, which has been nice. Um, load, a load of hamstring strength and testing this week. So the hammies do feel like rocks, but in a good way. Um, but it's been a really, yeah, really positive week so far. And when you put put back your, the, the date to sort of come back, is that purely a medical one or is that you knowing your body as well is it done purely from a red rose perspective or from lightning all of the um so yeah so it's led by um england because i did it while i was um, with england but um it's uh definitely a joint a joint effort with a lot of physios and england physios but i think it's a bit of both so they've given me a date which is medically how long they think it's going to take um but obviously um I yeah know my body now. Obviously, having setbacks and knowing what it feels like when it's not going particularly well, um, I'm in quite I'm in a better place to know if I am ready to be back. But um, hoping that you know my body and the medical timeline agree, um, so I'll be back playing soon. And did you get yourself up for the Red Roses against Blackfords? That's the question. That's really I did. Me. I did. My friend was staying over, so I felt like I needed to get up because um, <laughs> because I felt like I needed to watch it with her. So, and my mum, we watched it. Me, and my friend, and my mum watched it all together. So, yeah, got up for the best game and last game of the, the tournament. Nice. So you get up when you need to make a good impression on people, or you have, you have to watch. <laughs> no, exactly. Oh, the commitment. Uh, Look, uh, as I say, uh, a brilliant, brilliant show uh, ahead of us. Uh, England victorious. Revenge before a World Cup final redemption um, or not in the same ballpark? It's interesting you say that. I definitely think, you know, it would never be revenge until it's (laughs) in a World Cup setting if we do manage to meet again there. But definitely, um, you know, mentally puts England in a very good place, you know, having that um, win over them um, since our last game was was a loss in the World Cup. So, yeah, I think not necessarily revenge, but um, it's always nice to beat New Zealand, definitely, um, and also in their backyard. So, 100% only the third time England have beat New Zealand uh, on New Zealand soil. And I think the, those younger players as, as well, yeah, you're obviously included in that, that the more times you, you beat someone, that obviously... Yeah, you. It's muscle memory, isn't it, about beating beating those players um, and regularly playing them as well. But yeah, as we say, England rounded off WXD one with a victory, thirty three points to twelve. It all started um, at the Mount Smart Stadium in Auckland on Friday, where Australia beat Wales twenty five points to nineteen, and France were defeated on Saturday twenty nine points to twenty by Canada. Without further ado, let's get into that England-New Zealand game now. 
we are joined by a very, very special guest today, England prop sensation and one of my really close pals, Maud Mia. <laughs> no, we need more. Oh, Woo! Sorry. From everybody, from everybody. Thank you, thank you. Woo! <laughs> joining the woos. Maud, how are you? I am good. Sorry, Mike. I, I did chuck out my cat, but she's come back. Sorry. Um, <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Just got over jet lag, but yeah. Where did all you good. guys get back then? Uh, 6 a.m. Monday morning. Very exact. Lovely. Yeah, very exact. Um, and you, 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 did you manage to stay up all day Monday and then try and get back into the cycle pretty quick? Yeah, had to fall asleep at like seven, but have kind of got back into the swings of things. That's all right. And and this week, fairly light. Yeah, just got a couple of runs, couple gyms, um, but not not back into full training until next week. Awesome. Look, I like to talk about New Zealand and WXV, uh, kind of on a broader perspective, uh, in a moment or two, but you're the inaugural WXV1 champions. That yes, sounds really good. Are. By beating beating New Zealand in a final game on their home patch to complete an unbeaten season. It's just getting better and better the more I talk, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is very cool. I think until that post came up, I didn't even realise that we'd like won all the games this year. Um, but it is... It is pretty cool. Um, and the game itself, uh, I don't know you thought, sorry, but um, somebody said to me today, they were very nervous watching. I said, why on earth were you nervous? From about the second or third minute, um, I personally felt Red Roses were in control. And, yeah, certainly in control of the scoreboard, if if not everything else from, from a very early stage. How did you, uh, how did you see the game, Maud? Um, obviously, I was on the bench, and it's it, it's quite nerve wracking being next to lots of people. I feel like, and we all chat away, um, but we it did feel like we were in control. But you always know with the Black Ferns, they can come back from any score. So um, yeah, I think we didn't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but it did feel like we it felt good in the game. And how did she play, Sadia? Hey, great! Had, didn't you get didn't you get um a lovely scrum penalty? I'm watching it. And I, I did like, get a scrum oh, penalty. Thanks. She is going to be gassed about that. I was watching it. I was like, go more. <laughs> well, I did. I did call the score. I did say I think by at least two tries, England are going to be. It won't be a tight game. I was very confident in in the Red Roses. Nice, as you should be. As I should, as I should. What was the feeling like on the bench? As you obviously came on in the World Cup final, as well as that WXV one final. Let's call it that. Similar kind of feelings, or far less pressure with WXV one, and the fact that you still had fifteen players in the field. Yeah, I think oh, it's really hard to like go back to the World Cup because it was like a bit of a blur, um, but. I think coming off the bench it it felt more comfortable and we were we weren't chasing um so it felt a bit more comfortable. I felt there was a real dominance from the England pack. Um a did, did you is that what your you saw Sadia? Uh, more did, can you actually feel that when you're when you're on the field? Yeah, I definitely definitely saw that. I mean 
<sighs> you know, I'm a bit, bit biased coming from forward myself, and I'm I'm normally watching what the forwards are doing. But yeah, every every carry, it was always over the game line. Um, so shout out to Alex Matthews and Moena Talling. Those two were like great around the park, always getting on the ball, always making those extra meters. Um, so yeah, I think the forwards really did such a great job in putting the backs, giving the backs a good platform to play off. Yeah, definitely. And our set piece was very clinical, probably the most clinical it's been all, all season. I'm going to say, in this sort of debrief, what, what particular areas of England's game? Because, again, for me, I think that the ceiling of the improvement that the Red Roses could actually make is additional. Um, but in the debrief, no doubt you had a, a small debrief after a light sherry or two after the game. What were the areas where you particularly pleased? What, where was Deeks particularly pleased? Um, it was kind of just general points. I think our confidence and our like our um, confidence to play with like a bit more expansive and trying new things. Even you know it was a hard game, but we still tried you know crossfield kicks that sort of thing. We didn't just play it safe and do. Yeah, we scored a few driving balls, but. Um, like it wasn't just like plain and simple. It was kind of just being a bit, a bit more um, like playing with different parts as well. Could you see the expansion there, Sadia? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, I was in camp for um, the whole build-up to WXC and to see the the foundations that were being laid and the changes that we've had to our um, our set piece and our game and strategies and the way that we're playing. Um, but I think it's quite clear from a viewer's perspective as well that England are, you know, expanding from what everyone used to say, we're just like a set-piece team or just a, a, a line-out more um, driving team. So, yeah, I think definitely it's it's good to watch and it's also quite exciting to watch as well. So I think from, um, you know, bringing, bringing new viewers in and for expanding the Red Rose fan base, I think it's really good as well. I just think of the players that weren't involved. More than, yeah, there's, there's a good list, there's a good five almost 10 players that they weren't available for the tour, including uh, Sardia here. Um, embarrassment of, of riches. Outside of the uh, the, the, the rugby, um, Maud, what was your favourite part of, of visiting New Zealand this time? Ooh. Um, again, we weren't able to, like, travel much um, just because of our, like, Sards will agree, our very... Um, full timetable like we didn't ever have a well we had maybe one full day off and that was it throughout the whole tournament Um, we managed to go like to beaches and stuff but for some reason this is coming to my mind is we went and stayed at like it was called like NZ CIS which was like the base camp for New Zealand sports and oh my gosh it was the best facilities I've ever been to it was incredible. Um, like to ha- if we had that in England, oh my gosh, it would be amazing. Um, that was really cool to experience. And you do like a bit of uh, beach swimming, don't you? I do love a bit of swimming. Yeah. Did you do that back in here the in the UK as well? Um, I mean, if I go to a trip to the sea, I will go into the sea, but I don't make many trips to the sea. If you get me. You try to convince your father to go in as well. Poor chap. <laughs> freezing. Yeah, bless him. David was cold. Good old David. 
Um, and who's best at beach cricket? Oh, that, that's not a tricky answer. <laughs> Who obviously, is it then? Obviously me. And was it backs against forwards? How how did the teams shape up? Staffy players. Star- and this time, who won? I think we were pretty good, to be fair. I think maybe the staff won once and then we ran won all the other times. And celebrations post beating New Zealand? Did did they get they get lively? Yeah, we had a little boogie, um, little sing along and then went back we went to a pub and then we went we ended up in this place where basically all the teams were, which was quite cool, um, to see people that you'd played in previous weeks. Nice. I've got about five questions off the back of that. Who's the DJ? <laughs> uh, just general G- DJing in the team. Yeah. Who are you go to <laughs> you, for music? You're the DJ at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably Mo-, Mo is, but it did it did mix around a bit. Um, but I think everyone gets scared of the pressure. Yeah. Who's the best dancer? Who throws the best shapes out there? I honestly think Daisy actually like really shocking that she like obviously because she's new and I loved it. She had so much confidence and she she can actually dance well, um, and she's cool, she's cool, and she knows all the lyrics to words, which I am not any of those. <laughs> Maud is terrible at knowing lyrics. I am pretty. Oh, and 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 who's the person you 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 probably wouldn't want to sort of uh, watch dance for a while? Oh. Oh, I'm not sure. I actually have no idea. Probably myself. Like, I wouldn't want to watch me dancing. It's a shame that Sarah Hunter's left, because actually she'd be a go-to on that answer, wouldn't she? Well, she is actually there, but I don't see her dance as much now. Yeah, their management clip, clipboard's too heavy to dance nowadays. Yeah. Um, how was she? How, how is that different? Yeah, she's been really good, to be fair. I don't think she, well, she wasn't expecting to be in that, like, as involved as she was. And she's been really good. And, like, she she will make sure that if you have a question, you will get an answer. Um, and I think that's been really good. And the person, personability, personability, yeah, that word. Um, and, like, she gets it. So I think it's been really good to have her in the coaching staff, to be fair. Good on, obviously, Lewis Diggins, sort of interim head coach. Um, and John Mitchell, just sort of, I would say floating around, but sort of more of a, a, a backseat driver than anything else in this tournament. Yeah, I, to be fair, he's like he's been really nice and like has already made himself well known and like knows everyone's names. He didn't like, he definitely didn't need to know everyone's names because he didn't know us, but I thought that was a really nice part. And like, he's asking questions about all of us. Um, so he like really cares about us already. And I, I think I'm just really excited to work with him in the six nations as well. Cause he's really has high ambition. Um, so I think it should be really good. Where did you two meet? Um, oh geez memorable under 18 right? under 18 TDG. yeah I did, yeah we weren't that friends no we weren't no actually Maud no so Maud got was it under 20s but she was in there a year earlier so she was still was she was still eligible for under 18s and she came down to play a game 
um, when I was in under 18s. I think that was the first time I met Maud. And then I went to WAS. And yeah, he wasn't even like best of friends at WASP. I think it was only really once I came into, moved to Loughborough and went into England when I was in Loughborough that uh, our friendship blossomed. Yeah. We, were fr- <laughs> we, were, we were friends. We were friends. We were friends, yeah. No, he wasn't, he wasn't as, as tight knit as we are now. Huh. <laughs> What's her best quality, Maud? Sad. Um, I love her laugh. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Yeah. Her laugh and I don't know. It's just a nice girl. Uh, and as a player, <gasps> blushing, blushing. Oh, I think Sard is the best player. Honestly, I am like, <laughs> I am the biggest fan girl. Aren't I? More, yeah, she is. She is. I love it. <laughs> um, but I'd have to say, being in a double tackle with Sardia Kamara. Oh my gosh, that yeah. is the best feeling. We used to do it quite a bit at Wasps. But we did, we did. Got a few pics. The day we do it at England is the day we succeed in life. <laughs> I love Sadly, she's going to have to wait another year um, to be the best player on the planet because that's Marley Packer. Um, we've already discussed <laughs> that. <awkward>. Uh, <laughs> the other way around, Sadia. What is Milt Maud's... Um, Best character as a human being and as a as a red rose. Uh, Maud's best characteristic. Uh, I think it's just Maud's energy. Maud just brings like good energy in whatever she's doing. Like you know, when Maud walks into a room, automatically the room is lighter. There's daisies and butterflies floating around. So I think my, definitely my favorite thing about Maud is just her energy. Her, like yeah, the energy she brings. Um, and my. The best thing about Maud as a player, her best quality, has to be her ball carrying. Absolute bulldozer. I mean, you do not want to be on the opposite end of Maud on the charge. I feel like when we when we see each other on the pitch, we kind of have like a a moment of freezing before. I never want to go full pout at Maud. I feel like Maud is the same, but um, yeah, I, I would not be. Yeah, I want to be on. I try not to anyway, but on the end of a Maud um, Bosch is what I'm going to call it. A Bosch. A Bosch. Bosch. There you go. Um, and still so much more to uh, to come from both of you. Um, the only other question I was going to ask was just about WXV sort of as a whole. Look, this women's rugby is embryonic, really. Um, and this tournament is been put out there. Um, Sorry, and I have discussed little sort of bumps in the road that, that it's having. From a player's perspective on the ground... What was it like to play and what was the vibe around it? Was it a little bit different? You said that you sort of went out and saw the other girls. That's a little bit sevens in that sort of context of sort of all staying, staying around together. What what was WXV1 like? I think it, it's going to be really good just to be able to play the top teams. Like that is such a good thing for us. And I think also for other teams to play teams at their level is another good thing. It's not just about the top teams. It's about all of the teams in the um competing in like the world cup tiers or whatever um but yeah it was really nice to like be around the teams like for four weeks because you do get to know them and hopefully like those friendships or whatever develop because it is really i really get like that the sevens girls are all friends with other countries like it's really nice um to to do that sort of thing the only thing is 
the I don't know if this is WXV or it being played in New Zealand, but the crowds were not great. Um, I don't know why, like, I don't really know the reasons behind that. I don't know if it's because the Men's World Cup, because there was the World Cup last year in there. I'm not sure. But it was kind of like, it felt really downhill because there was literally no one in the crowds. Yep. Yeah, we have was, discussed uh... this. Oh, have you? Yeah, on previous episodes. Yeah, it was really saddening from going from whatever, 68,500. Um, yeah. No Twickers and what have you. And, and even during the World Cup, um, some really good luck. I, th- I think that's something that um, needs to be worked on. Whether we're in England or France for the next WXV next year, those are the whispers on the street. That's where it's going to be. So I can't see it being here with the World Cup the, week, the year after. Yeah. But um, France would be very cool. Um so it's good to get to know um, the other girls and your WXV. Where's the ceiling of your c- career then, Maud? Because, I mean, you, you've already been in a, in a World Cup final. Be one WXV one. Uh, you won a premiership. Um, there's nothing left to complete in rugby, is there? Uh, <laughs> I think, well, obviously there's the World Cup. That is a, a massive thing that I want to win. Um, and then I think probably just more personally, like I want to be consistently starting. I want to I want to be the best prop in the world. Like I want to be smashing and like dominant in scrums, but also be able to play on the pitch. And yeah, I think I want at least in the next year or so um, be playing a bit more, like even if I'm still off the bench, getting more minutes off the bench. Like I, I'm, I really like being an impact player, but getting more minutes is obviously everyone wants to have more minutes in you. Um, so that's kind of personally, but definitely I think Sards will say the same thing. World Cup, we we want to win and to have it at home, like that will be incredible. So what you're saying is by the age of 24, you're going to retire because you would have done it all and won the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> Ticked all the boxes. Yeah. Uh, more, that's um, absolutely brilliant. Anything else from you, Sardi? Anything else, uh... 2025 World Cup's coming home. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, more, no more I've questions. Got, I have got a question for Sadia. Oh, oh go on then. Yeah, Do you want to nice. reply to me on WhatsApp? Oh, so much. I have been, <laughs> I have been MIA. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna me and Maud's friendship ends after this call. <laughs> wow. There it is. Live on the WRP. Friendship's breaking down. You're not the only one, Maud. Oh, really? Yeah, you're not the only yeah, one. Yeah, I'll, I'll take about a day to reply to Johnny. Um, and that's not, not, even, that, not even looked at WhatsApp, not even seen that one, but it's since the, we, we go through it. Um, anyway, <laughs> communication, there you are. There's something else to work on. <laughs> Been a real real pleasure to uh, to have you on tonight. I really, really appreciate your time. Congratulations, rest up, and then what, straight back into full circus next week, is it? Yeah, we're not playing next week because... You've got to buy everything first round, yeah. Um, But yeah, straight straight back into it. And return a a trophy. Hopefully, yeah. Great stuff. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. I'm Lydia Thompson and you're listening to the amazing world-class women's rugby pod. 
and that is an embarrassment of riches, Sadi. I, I, I don't know. I'm grouping you within this as as young red roses with at least one, if not two, if not possibly three World Cups left in you. Um, that is that is that is some squad of of, of real youth. Now you look at the the bottomans. Okay, Sarah Burns sort of moving into that experience sort of. Uh, sort of remit now is Maud Muir's the the Rosie Gallagher's um, Maisie Allen's y- yourself. Um, it, it's 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 an impressive bunch and, and will be for for some time yet. Definitely is, and you know England they're very very smart in what they're doing. Obviously, we're building towards twenty twenty five now and towards the future. And yeah, we, we're going through a bit of a regeneration phase, but we have yeah, like you said, an embarrassment of riches, um, strength all throughout the squad you know um from one to to 40 when when we're in we're in a full a full squad so yeah it is um very very exciting and also it only makes us better because there's so much competition um uh, because there's no one who's really there's no one who's there just for the ride along everyone's there fighting for that shirt and everyone you know in alternate universe could be starting so yeah it's um yeah it's really great right now yeah it really is and um she is some players more than you. Maybe very affable, smiley off the field, but on the field, she's a very, very different animal. Very like you, in fact, in that respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she quoted your laugh, which I couldn't agree with her more. Of course, England New Zealand wasn't the only game going on at the weekend from WXV1. The other two games we will talk about Australia-Wales in the next part of the show. Let's have a look at uh, France against Canada. 20 points to 29. Canada won. Who's right on their predictions? You were right, Johnny. (laughs) Is that true? You were right. Yeah, no, I think I went with France. Yeah, I do uh, yeah, Boros Sansus, Rima Manage, Morgan Bourgois, Emily Totosi, Shinfield, Holt Camp, Mudez with the tries, Dugude with a penalty, and three conversions. It's a strange game for me because France raced out of the traps. We're 10 0 up before Canada could even blink. <laughs> I mean, from, from the start of the game, I definitely thought France were going to um, keep, you know, keep the, their foot on the gas. From how they came out on on the blocks, but <sighs> I don't I don't really um really know what happened to be honest. Um, I don't think it was a particular thing that swung and then all of a sudden Canada in the game. But yeah, we we talk, we talk about don't we? Um, and there was uh that score we just spoke about with England New Zealand, but before half time, but England was sort of able to sort of stem the flow, but. That's a totally try just before half time. They're going to the sheds. Look, we're in touch of distance here. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just get the sense with Canada, the core of that group have been together for a very, very long time. They almost remind me of, of Scotland like that. That group know each other inside out. And actually, they didn't want to walk away from WXV with a, with another loss. Um, and those 12 unanswered points at the beginning of the second half, the, the, the game's pretty much done and dusted apart from a, a late wag of the tail from France. Canada, yeah, you're so right. Um, obviously, they only get small bits of time together where they can, but obviously coming off back of pack four and then coming into this tournament, I think it's probably the longest um, and then the 
two warm-up games against England. I think it's the longest time they've had together as a group. Um, and clearly, the more time they spend together, the more they build, the more they um, come together as a team. And I think that really shows in their performances. And um, with their performances over WXV, I think they really were building. So, I mean, your prediction was probably the more smarter prediction. Um, but I thought maybe France would have... Um, you know, a better day than they did. But yeah, Canada really, really going from strength to strength at the moment. Yeah, and we somebody very wise spoke about that time together that uh, Canada have, and they get better and better. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but but for France, it, it, it is natural, isn't it? At the end of a World Cup to sort of change that cycle, and and new players are coming in and what have you. Some players got off to to sevens as well, so I think they're just feeling their way with a with a few. A few new caps, there's a few new uh, yeah, players in that back row. Um, fly half as well, just beginning to, to, to feel her way. They'll come good again, France, right, for the Six Nations? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, they're, they're by no means uh, uh, any less of a team, a, a good team. Obviously, they had that result against New Zealand early on, coming away with that win, which was a great performance from them. Um, obviously, coming off the back of... A loss is kind of um, unheard of or, you know, not very expected for France. But, yeah, they still are a very, very talented team. And, yeah, I think, like you said, a lot of moving parts at the moment. But, yeah, I'm sure by the time Six Nation comes, um, be back in camp together, they'll be, you know, flying fit and um, be quite a force to reckon with again. If if you were in uh, sort of in both camps this, this week, would you, would you think that WXV has been a, been a success for, for both? In light of France, as you say, beating the the Blackfellas for the first time ever, Canada uh, obviously winning against Wales, France you know, ranked higher than them. No, one below them. One below, yeah. Neither it's never nice to come over lost, and I, I, I'm sure they both teams came into the tournament wanting to come away with three three wins. But yeah, like Canada, they are you know building so strongly at the moment. They they're key. Um, their key players are really on form. Sophie Degudi, you know, uh, yeah, just an amazing player. Um, Sarah Spader, obviously, shout out my Lightning team, mate, really coming into her own around the park. And just a lot of their, like, um, players are really clicking at the moment. So, um, and to come away with two really good wins in the tournament, I think it's definitely great for them. And France, yeah, um, I think, yeah, huge things for them. Obviously, a lot of new people, but still going back to that Black Ferns win, like, people did not think that was going to happen, and um, it was really a great, great performance for them, obviously two losses after that, but they're still, it wasn't like they were run over or anything, or, you know, they got 50 points put on them, they, they were two tight games, but I think, yeah, definitely very positive performances um, and positive tournaments for both of them, um, in different ways, Canada are building strength to strength, whereas uh, France, when they're finding their feet a bit again, so... Later down the line, WXV one next year, um, and then obviously going to World Cup 2025. Yeah, these kind of psychological edges are, are going to help. You know, the fact that France have, have been the, you know, the Black Friends, the fact that Canada you know, know that they can beat France, uh, and you suspect that the, the player group won't be particularly different for either. Let's get you up to date with uh, the news, shall we, from around the world. So really exciting news. Here in the UK with the PWR, the Premiership Women's Rugby will be shown on TNT Sports, a landmark agreement that will see more than 20 matches broadcasted live on linear and digital platforms this season. That is 
some of the most significant uh, news. Uh, certainly not just just here, but 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 around the world. I jump on my little soapbox about broadcasts and and, and all the rest of it. Uh, quite often, it it is huge. I was very lucky to, to work at Sky Sports for twenty plus years, and that TV channel turned the Heineken Cup into a huge global superstar of a tournament, um, and everybody wanted to watch it, and everybody wanted to play in it, and players literally came to play in the Heineken Cup. You've got a proper broadcast partner that that understands the game and that understands how to broadcast, which TNT and um, their production company Buzz Sixteen do. Um, and if they don't believe you me, they'll hear from me. Um, we'll, we'll do it properly, yeah. and it's it's huge. Yeah, no, it is huge, and it's really exciting, especially coming from a player as well. Obviously, last year we had uh, a few a few games which were broadcasted here and there, but um, yeah, now to be you know in a fully signed deal, and um, I think Loughborough's first well first game against Leicester is going to be. Um, broadcasted double header, which is going to be you know a great great game to watch. It's just so exciting, and it just adds that extra layer of um, yeah excitement to the game, and for new fans to be able to come in and you know enjoy the sport and find out what uh, women's rugby can do and what we can do. It's yeah, it's a great um, yeah a great great movement in the right direction. I think. Yep. Still stuff to do. Um, but look, uh, enough because we uh, will have CEO of PWR, Belinda Moore, on next week's show. The Rugby Awards were done not in a swanky opera house with uh, black tie and free booze everywhere and international performances and what have you. And I've heard from somebody on the ground that said it was it was actually embarrassing. Uh, the awards for for the women's, oh dear. Um, and you we waited a week last year. The men, that's not been the same this year. So, you know, if we're doing everything fairly fifty fifty world rugby, then um, yeah, ha- have a long hard look at yourself. But Marley Packer is Marley the best player on the planet. The best player in the world. I mean, she is so deserving of that. So, so deserving. Um, I think it's been a long time coming from Ali, to be honest. Um, I think there's been loads of years she could have won it. And I remember on the interview, I don't know when I watched it last year, that she said, I think I'm past the point of, like, winning these big awards, like, World Player of the Year. What I want to do is just get better and better for my country. Um, So to see her win it now when she thought it was kind of out of her reach, yeah, it's so, so good to see. Yeah, and you know what? She's on the pod next week too. Woo! Yeah, full house. We're going to speak to the <laughs> the best player on the planet uh, next week, Marley Packer, like a fine Bordeaux. She's just getting better and better with age. Uh, breakthrough player of the year is Caitlin Fahakolo from New Zealand. A young wing, actually very, very good indeed. Try of the year, Sophia Stefan. Ireland game in the Six Nations and the, the, the team of the year. Uh, let's just run. I don't know who the judging panel is for this, Sadia. Uh, <laughs> sports media, I know, but anyway. Um, so let's go 1 to 15. Uh, Murray for New Zealand, Akin Davis and Byrne Allcroft from England. Roos in the second row with Allcroft. She's a, a black fern. Then it's uh, Matthews and England. 
Michele Tu'u from New Zealand at eight. Bornos Sassus from France, Dement at ten. Dow on one wing, Ruby Tui on the other wing, Vernier from France, and Duplessis from New Zealand in the centres with Eddie Kildun at fullback. Quite a team. Quite a team. <laughs> that is. USA Women have announced their new coach, Sione Fukufaka. Fresh from three years as assistant coach and the Wallaroos, but coach at lots of different levels of the game, which is helpful in the USA development um, landscape. So really exciting for them. Yeah, no, please about that. We've seen with Martin Hagen in Scotland, coach at different levels, different places. It uh, obviously broadens your knowledge and uh, that seems like a positive move for USA. I'm Alicia Butchers and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. The final game we need to speak about from WXV1 final round was Australia against Wales, 25-19, the Wallaroos won. He has marked a, a, a good campaign from them, back-to-back victories over France and Wales. Let's get into that game. But it's two teams who do struggle with their with their discipline. Um, and Wales got pinged off a part of that first, first 40. Um Another red card, um, and valid, and they did all of that with with fourteen players. Um, Cr Cap uh, Capesi Polo body for a high shot on Jasmine Joyce. Uh, then they reduced down to thirteen uh, around the sixty minute mark, I think it was, um, and they rallied. Capani and Kramer scored. Kelsey Jones uh, managed to get. Um, a try back to, to set up a, a very tense finish. Um, but Australia held on. One of those benefactors, aren't they? We, we spoke about the, the Scotlands and the and the Islands and Spain and what have you in previous weeks as those two tournaments have finished up. But Australia, I suspect, okay, you want to win the thing, but will probably be one of the happiest teams in WXV1, right? To, to compete against those guys and to pick up a couple of wins, two wins out of three. For Australia... You know, considering, you know, the their discipline and the red, red cards and the yellow cards, they have put out um, really, really strong performances against, like you said, really strong sides coming away with two out of three wins um, and even against England showing, you know, what they what they can do. And I've said it on previous podcasts, but there's always moments of flair of Australia. It's just about them, you know putting those last two, three steps together once they get into the 22 or being a bit more patient, I think, towards those last two games. We definitely have seen, you know, that that Australia where they do have that bit of patience. They do have that, like, hold up a minute, let's let's see what we're doing here and come away with the points that they needed. And like you said, they went down to 13 men and still managed to come away with that that win. Um, that's not a sign of a, the sign of a good side um, or a side becoming, you know, very, very strong. I don't know what is. And, you know, Wales are no... They're no weak team. Um, they always go to the last minute as well. So, yeah, I mean, very, very, very positive for Australia. Yeah, and there's there's investment there. Um, Super W is kicking on. It's 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 properly invested in, um, and this Wallaroo side now as well. For many years, it's been about about the sevens, isn't it, for for Australian women because they have been so successful and always in the medal hunt at, at Olympics and on the World Series and what have you. I just wonder whether that's going to possibly flick back and you might see a Charlotte Caslick or a, a Levi 
uh, coming, uh, Demi Hayes, these kind of players coming to, to into 15s? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I always find that interesting because sometimes, in some cases, Simmons players don't really um, shine as much as they do on the 15 stage they do in sevens you know Ruby Chewy did it really really well coming to the Black Ferns you know she still had that presence but yeah it will be yeah interesting who knows Stacey Fluler who seamlessly goes from 15s to sevens oh oh, what a player she is anyway (laughs) um, first time they met outside of the World Cup Australia Wales honestly I I don't waste my evenings I can tell you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so that's uh, about it WXV is wrapped up first ever inaugural let's say just just give you opinions sort of, of it as a whole but I, I think we've we've probably picked up the points to which we we feel need uh need the the belt tightening a little bit certainly the sort of general marketing on the ground around the world um the timing of it anything else to add to that no, I think, yeah, we, like you said, we've kind of touched on the things that um, we'll, we'll definitely get better in future years. But like you said, the first first tournament, um, I think, in terms of international rugby, you know, it's been a great success. Um, uh, obviously, a new, a new exciting tournament. You get new viewers, you get new people watching it. Um, I think, yeah, for me, it's been... Um, it's been great to see and um, great to see a lot of new rugby on show. But like, as you said, um, a lot of things to, to clean up, but obviously for the first, for the first tournament, um, yeah, very, very happy with that. And I kind of like the idea that the potentially, why couldn't you have all three tournaments in, in one country, if, it, if you're choosing the countries right and almost have, a little bit like they did with the World Cup. You could always have a WXV three, two and one match, double headers or whatever, uh, and everybody in the same country. That that would seem to to make sense to me. You should send an email to World Rugby, Johnny. Oh, but, but, <laughs> I can't move for them. I can't move for them, Sadia. <laughs> I can't move for them. Why not? Um, and if it is going to be in France, that would be sensational. Uh, and my my mum said the exact same thing to me. <laughs> yeah, those crowds would be brilliant and and great great grounds, lots of different varied sized grounds and what have you, um, all over the country, and they would go mad for it. So yeah, that about wraps up WRP. It's great to hear from Maud Muir, your bestie, and um, I suspect we straight into WhatsApp as soon as this uh, <laughs> recording is finished. Straight onto uh, FaceTime. Straight on to FaceTime. Yeah, she got a live scolding on the WRP. We've never had one of those before. <laughs> that was tremendous. Uh, and London at the weekend, uh, last weekend. Where's this weekend? This weekend, I'm staying in Loughborough. I think I'm done globetrotting for now. My rehab is ramping up extremely. I am looking at my schedule like, oh, you have booked too many things in. So this will be my last weekend um being busy because i'm busy in loughborough up uh, in the midlands but then um yeah more focusing on rehab now so and when are we not an exact date but when roughly uh, are we back can we can we expect to see in the sort of first two three four rounds yes hoping to be back for the second round of uh the prem oh we're supposed to be playing worcester so hopefully be back for the third round of the prem Oh, that's kind of worked out 
quite well then. Yeah, annoyingly, annoyingly, I'm not playing, but but definitely for the best. You know, another week under my belt, get a bit more confident. Um, so yeah, it does that definitely has worked out? I think for the best. And what's week three? I'm testing you now. Leicester away. That's your double header with the men. Um, so quite exciting. Oh, look at that, ladies! She's all over it. She's all over <laughs> the schedule for Loughborough. Um, and Loughborough are going to be competitive this season. Yes. More competitive than people think, so you were saying to me earlier. Yes, definitely. Um, Nathan, our new head coach, come in and he's really, you know, um, turned us into a great direction coming into the Prem um, in the Cup. Obviously coming away with two wins, um, and really strong performances um and i think as a whole he kind of knows what lightning needs to do i think for the past couple of years everyone always says on paper you know lightning should be performing really well so i think this year we're going to be um putting those paper stats actually onto the pitch nice that's fighting talk where i come from that is <laughs> it is it is brilliant so recovery is ramping up your love for the weekend um for now, uh, I mean, I'd like to carry on uh, with you co-hosting some WRPs. Is it something you would uh, entertain? So yes, of course, of course. Awesome. Now, other people are going to be fighting it out for that co-host <laughs> chair. But, uh, yeah, no, we will definitely get you back in the chair. It's been, a, it's been a real delight and pleasure to have you on. Have you enjoyed this little fry into... Uh, don't, please don't tell anyone what goes on behind the scenes. <laughs> it's absolute carnage. No. <laughs> no, I've, I've, yeah, I've so enjoyed it. I've so enjoyed it, and um, you know, coming at a time when I've been a little bit less busy and not playing, it's been, um, yeah, it's been great. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, uh, yeah, outside of your predictions, you've been outstanding. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, you can't. No one can be perfect. No one can be perfect. No, indeed not. Well, look, have a great weekend. Um, we will speak to you very, very soon. Good luck with those final few weeks of uh, uh, of rehab. And uh, yeah, I'll say once again, it's been a, been a real pleasure. Thank you very much.